welcome to today's episode of Strategy Simplified. In this episode, you'll hear my conversation with Caroline Dudley and Rizalyn Burke. Caroline is a managing director at Accenture and leads North American recruiting for the firm. Rizalyn is a recruiting manager, specifically recruiting advanced degree and MBA candidates. In this episode, you'll learn what makes Accenture so unique in the world of management consulting, the opportunities that are available to you today, and Caroline and Rizalyn's best tips for standing out in the Accenture recruiting and interview process. You're not going to want to miss it. It's my pleasure to to welcome Riz and Caroline from Accenture to the management consulted uh, community and to this call today. We're really, really excited to have you. Uh, Would just love to kick off uh, by asking you who you are and and just 30 seconds on your your background. So Caroline, uh, if we could start with you, uh, that would be fantastic. Absolutely. I'm really excited to be here. So thank you, Naman and Management Consulted for having us today. What a great way to kick off Thanksgiving week in the U.S. um, to spend it it with each of you. So a little bit of my background, um, I come from the consulting background, been at Accenture actually now 21 years, Um, spent most of my time consulting for financial services clients across both cap markets buy side, as well as um, consumer banking, payments, retail. So uh, last few years spent it in insurance. And so I've gotten to do the roundabout with all of the clients that are out there Um, And the past two years have really been one of the most exciting times of my life because I was able to um, make a shift and really help Accenture think about how we hire talent. There's not one bigger topic um, on the minds of each of our client CEOs um, of what are we going to do in this new world with um, talent, both uh, attraction, retention, advancement, but also doing it in a way that matches our purpose. So um, we're, I'm really excited for that on a personal note. Um, what I've liked is that I've been with Accenture through many, um, different times in my life. I have four children. I play field hockey in college, so I try to stay active as much as I can, but I'm also, you know, passionately nerdy about all the things that we do and and what we do for our clients. So, um, with that, I, I think there's a few things I can share with each of you as you may have questions, but even more exciting than me today, Naman, I'd love to let Riz have a chance to introduce herself. Yeah, I'm excited here. I'm also excited to be here as well. Um, I have always been in the recruiting space, even prior to Accenture, um, been in experience recruiting, staffing, as well as campus and here at Accenture. Um, I've been here for, oh my goodness, probably over 10 years now, um, mostly in the campus recruiting space. Um, I currently focus on MBA and advanced degree for the U.S. for S&C Strategy and Consulting. Um, on a personal note, I have two children. Um, actually, my my youngest just turned five yesterday, so it was a very exciting weekend. Um, <laughs> yes, it was a, it was good a princess- birthday party. Yes, it was a princess weekend. Um, and then my son, he's nine years old. Um, so it's, it's definitely been an interesting past two years with the young ones. Um, and in terms of, I'm not as active as you, Caroline, but I do enjoy myself a good uh, reality TV shows when I want to decompress and escape for a little bit. Um, so I love anything Bravo. 
love the challenge on the MTV. I don't know if I should be saying that out loud, but it's a guilty pleasure of mine that I'm not so guilty about. So, but happy to answer any questions around MBA in recruiting. Japheth is our resident reality TV connoisseur. So you all will have to connect on that afterward. <laughs> well, uh, Caroline Riz, thanks again so much for, for joining us today. Caroline, if I could just follow up on something that you mentioned uh, in your intro, you talked about how you've been helping Accenture kind of rethink about its talent strategy and, and recruitment and ret- retention and training and, and all that goes into attracting and retaining high quality talent. Can you just talk to us at a high level of just what, what Accenture is doing to stay competitive in this marketplace and, and the changes that you've implemented over the last two years? Yeah, absolutely. So I just, one of the biggest ways that we can do this is by me putting myself into your shoes. You know, what are you here as you're thinking about companies? It's not just a job these days. I think if there's anything the past year and a half has proven to us, it's about um, much more than just where are you getting your paycheck from? It's about the values you have. It's about making sure that the people that you're working with are worthy of, of trusting your career in. It's about also, most importantly, too, making sure you're going to make the impact that you want. And so when we think about a lot of the recruiting that's been done in uh, historical times, it I think about it as, you know, more of a one-sided track, right? Like, will are you the right person? Do you have the right skills to work with us? And I think what I've really tried to bring into the process, but what we're seeing, and Riz, I'll be interested in your opinion too, is you know, if we are thinking about this as a long-term option for people, which we want, we want people to, to grow and advance here. We really need to make sure that that hiring process that each of you are going to go through isn't transactional, right? It should be about making sure that you've really had a chance to um, make sure that what we do as Accenture, at Accenture is something not only that you can do, but that excites you and that um, really engages you because what we find with people as our product, and many of you have had so many discussions, I'm sure, with other professional services companies. You know what what we work together with with our clients, our people is the most important thing, hands down. And so, making sure that we're bringing people in who are excited about the work we do, and and we may have um, some time to talk a little bit about this later, but. Um, last year, we rolled out a new brand purpose for us, and it's to deliver on the promise of technology, but also human ingenuity. And we, you know, as we think about the world now, all the Fortune 500 companies, which are our clients, are really thinking about how do they accomplish that. So for us, we wanted to make sure that we are bringing in people who not only know what we're doing, but are excited about that kind of work, really gel with the the people and, and feel like they can... Um, they can make an impact in different ways and also have a chance to learn, grow, advance. Um, and we, we absolutely, from as a company, you know, hold ourselves to that. Um, Julie, our CEO, has brought out this past year tech quotient, which is making sure that every employee that we have gets to both see and get excited about the things that we can do together with our clients to help. Um, and I, I love as well, from a purpose perspective, this isn't just our clients. This is helping the broader community. This is helping sustainability. This is helping, um, you know, 
ensure that opportunity is equally distributed. And so that has so many faces and lenses and things that hit each of you in different ways. Um, and so being able to make that experience capture that and um, and provide you that transparency before you make this huge life-changing decision, that's, that's really been the heart of what we've been doing from an experience perspective. Caroline, that sounds like a holistic talent strategy that we haven't always seen in the industry, but, uh, but a, a change for the better, I would argue, and I'm sure that you would agree with that. I think so. I mean, I always think about, you know, as I talk to different people, um, you know, what what is it that would make something interesting and appealing to you? And, you know, why we're at this place of privilege right now, right, where we can open the doors of opportunity and we can, you know, create something that's... Um, that's going to be more rewarding for all of us in the long term. So I think we have a real responsibility to step up and use all the tools that are at our disposal and all the human ingenuity that we have too from all the voices. Um, so it's been it's been fascinating, a, a really interesting time to be working for a company like Accenture, but also be um, so focused on how um, how we build our talent. So if I was a candidate listening to you, I think if Accenture wasn't on my shortlist, it would have just made my shortlist. And, and so with that being said, you know, I may think of Accenture and just think giant professional services firm, right? Over half a million global employees, uh, myriad of practice areas and service lines, like Accenture seems like does everything. Like if you could give us a brand statement to encapsulate like who Accenture is, the value proposition for candidates, what you all do, what would that be? Well, you know, we talked about the promises of delivering on technology and human ingenuity as our official brand statement. But if I had to really put myself in your shoes and understand that, I mean, the thing I go to, and I know a lot of you are wrestling with this decision, do I go with a large, well-known name or do I go with something, you know, that's a bit more niche or boutique? And and what I want to do is I want to highlight a little bit of transparency of what you get when you come into a company like Accenture. So what we're known for, we are known for being able to deliver an end-to-end -end experience to help our clients. So there are many uh, consulting or strategy shops that may do one or a couple pieces of that end-to-end. -end. And where we're differentiated is we're able to bring you know, the, front, uh, the front strategy work the transformative consulting work and implementation, really the technology to both, you know, bring in the right ecosystem partners, think through things um, that may make sense to enable that change, uh, and then run the organization as well. And on top of that, you know, over the past 10 years, we've really catapulted to be the number one digital agency through our interactive practice. So when you think about both the strategy, the transformation, and then being able to help run an organization um, end to end, you know, those are all the big pieces we do. And our mission day in, day out for our employee experience too, is how do you make a large company? You mentioned, yes, we're well over 500, you know, probably I think at this point, you know, nearing if not over 600,000 people, how do you make a company like that feel small? How do you make sure that you're seen there and that you can be um, elevated in the things you get to do, the experiences you have. And so it's a really good question. And it's one, you know, each of you should be thinking about if you haven't already. Um, and I think what it comes down to is really that community that we create. So I think if anything, and Riz, I'll be interested in your opinion on this too. 
what I've loved is those different cohorts and communities that I'm a part of within Accenture. So you have who you're working with day to day um, in there. And so that's one of your cohorts. You have the people geographically around you, you know, both in your location and your market unit. And those are another part of your cohort. You have the people that started at the same time as you. Um, and, and you tend to have completely different career paths for most people, but you get to share that. Um, and so for me, a place that really wants you to succeed and gives you every opportunity to learn. And we like to call it um, boundaryless opportunities. We'll be right back after this quick message. Are you looking to apply to a top consulting firm like Accenture? Work with our expert team on a custom resume edit. Over two rounds of edits, we'll go line by line through each bullet point to display your transferable skills and the impact you achieved in each role. By the end of the editing process, you'll not only stand out as a top performer, but look really good doing so. Click the link in the show notes to get started today. Uh, Riz, I'll ask you that similar question here. So, you know, Caroline was talking about how Accenture tries to cultivate this intimate culture in a firm that employs 600,000 people. Can you just speak to that from your perspective? What are the opportunities that people have to build a a community and a professional network at at a firm that's so massive? Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna speak specifically towards strategy and I think to to our MBA folks here, right? I think that's um, an important piece because that is our whole goal when you come into Accenture, especially through our MBA program, Um, through Accenture Strategy Consultant Development Programs and a lot of our development programs is that it builds this cohort. Um, You come in, you have multiple layers of networks, right, Um, to help with your adjustment, not only to Accenture, but to Accenture Strategy, right? So you've got your class, right, your cohort, the folks who come in in the same year as you. You also have the folks that are starting in the same location as you as well, right? And Accenture really does our best to really build that relationship, almost like when you're in school. And I know people always have their own, their own like uh, groups and things like that. Um, You know, we try to build upon that as well when you come into Accenture. So on top of that, you have buddies who've gone through the MBA program who might even been from your your school as well. Um, and then on top of that, we work on networking and to ensure that you are able to build that um, community with the strategy group as well. Um, so while it is a large company, I think the, the most important piece of it is building that network. And there's a structure to it that we try to hold to when you do join us so that you are um, set up for success to to. Um, to join, to grow within your career. And I think the fact that you've been with Accenture for over 10 years and that Caroline's been with with Accenture for over two decades speaks to the fact that the firm's done a pretty good job of developing that culture. Otherwise, you would have moved on long ago. So. Very true. Very true. I, I, I will admit this, especially earlier on in my career, I, you know, there is, I probably stayed in my roles probably two, three years, maybe at most. I think, you know, I just, there was something new that I always wanted to do. And surprisingly enough with Accenture here, I just, it's, it's kept me challenged and interested and there's always something new every year. And it really, it really has me saying, so, yeah. I love that. Well, I know that uh, 
Caroline mentioned, you know what, the firm plays across the value chain, strategy, implementation, technology, leadership. Uh, curious, uh, which service lines at Accenture are growing the fastest? You know, and, and where is the firm really focusing its hiring efforts? Can you speak to that? And I know you work specifically with MBA and advanced degree candidates. Uh, and so if that's the perspective you want to bring to answer that question, that's that's great. Yeah. So I think in terms, I think what she's going to say, we see a lot of top skills, especially within data analytics, um, applied intelligence. Um, we see a lot of growth in our tech areas, um, but we do see are seeing a lot of growth across the board. Um, if I speak specifically to strategy consulting, um, especially within strategy, I mean, I, I honestly think that there is a lot of growth across the board, even within our tech strategy area as well. Um, applied intelligence is a huge um, piece for us. And we do find that um, across the board, it's a skill set that our students, as well as the company, is seeing a high interest in as well. And our clients are also really are, are, are displaying a lot of interest in as well. Um, so I know Caroline probably has a little bit more in-depth in terms of the other growths, but in terms of strategy and consulting, we see those big skill sets as well. So with that being said, can you, Riz, talk us through the two to three qualities that you look for in candidates? What makes somebody a superstar candidate to you? Oh, that is a really good question. I mean, if I think about the things that are running through my head, there are, I feel like there's so many um, qualifications. I'm thinking of leadership skills, right? If you're in school and um, you know you take any leadership roles with any clubs or affinity, club affinities, um, that's something that stands out. Um, you know, when we look at your past experiences, we like like to see growth within your career prior to business school. Um, but I think what stands out the most, and I think you even addressed on it earlier in the month, is I think being genuine. Um, it's not something that you can see on paper. Um, I think it's the relationships that you build. Um, almost talking about what, what Caroline was saying, every time I think about the recruiting process, I think it's almost like dating um, and really trying to find out what the right match is for you. And, and I think it goes both ways. And so I think from a top candidate standpoint, it's really seeing, um, bringing your true self, being genuine and um you know, really expressing what you want and being able to understand what we have to offer for you as well. Caroline, anything you'd like to add to that? Just as far as what you look for in top candidates or what stands out to you? So in terms of top candidates, Riz is spot on in terms of being authentic and, and really enjoying the things that we do. I think being hungry to learn. We know that what we're using right now with our clients is going to rapidly evolve as we've seen over the next six, 12 months, et cetera. And so I think for us, as we look for candidates, it's not only, you know, the comfort you have in both the skills and, and, you know, the type of work we have today, but it's really looking at that hunger to continue learning um, and, and be someone who, you know, we would want to put with our clients to help guide them. So I think, you know, those are all big things that we can do. Um, we see you as an ambassador of our brand every time that you're out there. We want to make sure that you're bringing that same level um, of purpose, you know, to what we're doing, both with our clients, with the community, um, with our corporate citizenship partners. And so we'll be looking for, for all of those things. Caroline, can you speak to opportunities for folks that maybe don't fall into the traditional MBA or advanced degree candidate bucket? Yeah. Does Accenture have a place for them? 
Absolutely. So I know we've got a wide range of folks on today. And as we think about the end-to-end work that we do, um, while yes, those with a traditional MBA degree, you know, we have multiple opportunities, whether it be strategy or within one of our industries, et cetera. Um, but we may, we've opened up our opportunities to folks without degrees even, right? We have a really robust apprentice program that goes across our top skills of cloud, security, um, interactive operations. We um, also have entry-level roles um, for people who've just graduated from, from school. Most of those, obviously, we have a fall cycle that moves those, but we see, and this is where I got cut off before, so thank you all for your patience, but we see a lot of growth in all the different technologies that we work with. So whether you have a background or an interest in the technology, the operating models around it, the um, the change that you can really help clients make in terms of their growth, you know, their strategies, et cetera. You know, we see all of those areas growing quite rapidly. And so we've actually started um, as we've looked at things to try to be um, to look at the talents that's in the market and say, hey, you might be a fit for 10 of our roles. Let's have a conversation and see, you know, which one makes most sense for you as the person. So um, I know sometimes that's hard to do at scale at crazy times, but that's our aspiration is to really, you know, think about each of you for what you can bring, not just what you've done and what's on paper. That's amazing. And Riz, does that process look the same for candidates regardless of background? Can they expect that same treatment no matter where they're coming from? Absolutely. I think what's important um, when we go to campus is we actually look for a really diverse background. Um, you know, there isn't one cookie cutter resume that we look at. And, and I think it's important to understand, especially when we're looking at MBA students, is most importantly, we do understand that a lot of students want to pivot their careers. Um, and I think for us, that's really important. And we, we, are, we place a larger importance on their passion versus what they've done beforehand, because that's what's going to um, have them grow with the company and that sustainable, that sustainable longevity with us. Can you talk a little bit about the timeline? So moving more from kind of, you know, strategy and, and who is Accenture, how does the process work to more brass tacks? Uh, we're kind of in the midst of you know, MBA internship recruiting season right now. Uh, is there a timeline that, that those folks need to be aware of if they're considering applying for roles at Accenture? Yeah, so if, if I think about where we are right now, internships, um, yeah, recruiting efforts, of course, I feel like start earlier and earlier every year. Um, but intern recruiting, I mean, we really start in September um, and it really goes through much of the fall and we start interviews as early as, um, beginning of January. Um, I think it's actually rather late if we go through February, but a majority of our interviews do happen um, in January, February timeframe. And then when we're looking at full-time um, recruiting efforts, um, again, it starts early and earlier every year, um, but you know, majority of it does start to happen around August timeframe. And then the interviews typically start beginning around mid-September through beginning of October. So when you say interviews, what do you mean by that? Like, uh, are there four interviews per round? Is there a digital assessment? Like, there's what does about, the process look like? There's about 15 interviews. We put you through a <laughs> we put you through a button now. Just kidding. 
No, it's two. I think it's very typical. We have two interviews. Um, first round is two sets of interviews. One is a case, one is a behavioral. And then final round is another case. And then you meet with a managing director. Caroline, can you talk to me a little bit about that interaction with the managing director? Yeah, in, in that conversation, I would think that you're looking for kind of a, a comfort in the conversation and ease interacting uh, with someone because you're mimicking the interaction that's going to happen with a client. Uh, am I right about that? You know, what are you looking for in that interaction? I think meeting with a managing director can be a little bit intimidating for some people. So you're right on, Naman. I think um, you're going to be, we look for people who um, are not only able to be in those situations where maybe they don't know everything that's coming at them in a meeting, but they're excited about the concept of it and they bring their best, even if they don't know all the answers or all the questions that are going to be asked. And part of why that's important is not to make it so that each of you have to spend, you know, six months doing case interview prep or, you know, prep for interviewing, but we want to really see if you actually like this type of thing, right? Because what you're doing with that managing director at the end and having a discussion is exactly the job. And so if this is the type of thing that you don't like that, you don't like, you know, the unknown, you don't like, you know, being able to have a conversation when you may not know all the facts, you know, it might be that this part of consulting isn't, isn't the area that will actually get you, you know, most excited and fulfill your purpose. So I think that's a big piece of it is really genuinely ask yourself if you, if you like that, that side of things. Um, and I see a couple of folks also who are asking questions about interviews and skills and time off, you know, in the resume. And we are looking at a number of different skills that are on there. I know, um, one person mentioned time off to be a caretaker. And we we do have a number of partnerships where we take people who've had gaps in their career for one reason or another and, and consider them and make sure they're up there. There's been a lot of effort in our recruiting too to make sure that we're lifting all candidates by providing access to skills that might be um, valuable for them in, in these jobs. And the interview process that Riz outlined is great for our MBAs and advanced degrees, other roles. You may have a digital assessment um, as we think, especially about entry level or apprentice. There's you know, an aspect where you actually get to simulate the job before you go into interviews to see if you do um, like it. And, and that helps us inform us of some of the, the strengths you bring to the table, some of those skills. Um, and really at the end of the day, the advice Riz gave is the, the best please bring yourself to these. Don't try to turn on, you know, interviewing Caroline, who's different from who you are, you know, when you talk to your friends, when you engage with your professors, you really try to bring your own curiosity and genuine interest in the type of work that we do and and the clients we work with. It sounds like that's really the secret sauce, right? Uh, Be yourself, actually act like you're having fun solving business problems and having business conversations, because if you're not going to enjoy it in the interview setting, you're certainly not going to enjoy the job. If I could. Yeah. And Naman, I will say, don't act like you're enjoying them. Actually. (laughs) But really bring yourself. That's right. That's right. right. I hope you're going to enjoy it. (laughs) Right. Right. It is hard. We know like this is not to sugarcoat things, right? We know the interview process is super stressful. It's like having another job if you're already in school or have another job. Um, So what we really want to encourage you to do is take a little bit of the stress out because, you know, being yourself is who we want to get to know um, throughout that. So 
Um, Naman, back to you. Thanks. So outside of being yourself and actually having fun and actually enjoying the process, uh, I'm going to put both of you on the spot and, and ask you to, to dig a little bit deeper, kind of like how you would do with a candidate. Uh, and so be, beyond what you've already shared with us, are there one or two other pieces of advice that you would have for folks that are listening today just on how to succeed in the application and interview process at Accenture? Riz, do you want me to start? Yes, let me think about that one. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start and I'm going to actually put myself in the shoes of the many, many different people that are on this call. Each of you are starting from a different set of strengths, a different educational background, a different set of places where you've gone to school, lived, worked, etc. cetera. Um, so the first thing I'd say um, for this broad group is to really make sure you understand, you know, the skills that are expected of each role. Here's a pro tip. As you're looking for jobs out there, one of the things that many people I find even 20 years into industry, there are basic qualifications of a role and then there's preferred qualifications. And legally a company can own, this is not just Accenture, this is across the board. A company can only consider you if you meet at least meet all the basic qualifications. It's actually not legal to consider candidates for an app, for a requisition or a job opening that don't have that experience. So if it says you need three years of experience with SAP, you can't actually even be considered for the job with two and a half. What you can do always though, is ask to talk to a recruiter at the company and say, hey, here's my background, where might I fit? So I thought that was helpful for this wide group of people who might come with a big set of skills. The second piece of advice I'd say is um, be curious. For those earlier in the process, um, be incredibly curious about things um, you might not have done in the past, but maybe you have the potential to do. Start to understand you know, the skills that are being hired for and look for it. And then um, for those of you who are, um, you know, perhaps mass MBA candidates, et cetera, I'll let Riz, you know, take that one because I think that uh, she has some fantastic tips for for each of you. Yeah, I think as you say that, I'm I'm thinking through just from my if I'm thinking about it from my standpoint. I think as an MBA student going into their first year, pinpointing once you have all your your areas of that you're curious in, but you also know what you want. Um, I think it's really important to define that, um, to find that company that offers it for you, right? It's such a short amount of time, it's two years only. Um, and I think it's really important for you to focus on what you really want to do um, and, and kind of make sure that that company has what they have to offer for you, right? I, I think, you know, really pinpoint what those companies have for you. And I'm not just speaking about Accenture, I'm speaking about any any consulting company or industry is to really just focus on what you want. And, you know, it's such a short amount of time to, to really drive that on how you, you approach your recruiting efforts. Um, because I think, you know, as your peers alongside you, you know, that allows them to other opportunities as well. So making sure you're hyper aware of what you want and, and really focusing that too. I love that, Riz. And, and the other thing, yeah, the other thing I would add with that is just also being aware that when you think about your career, not every day, and I like to be super transparent, not every day of your career when you start at these jobs is going to be um, you know, the best day ever and full of sunshine and butterflies. Know that you're going to be in 
you know, probably these situations where you're going to have a growth, you know, and learning opportunity every day. And so my advice to you is really think about, you know, who, which company, even through the times that aren't great, you see yourself being a part of, because I think that is, you know, if anything from the past couple of um, years, that's been incredibly important is making sure as you go through it, that you truly can be, you know, held up, but also made better by the people and the company that you're around. I think that's critical. I'm glad you brought that up, Caroline. Uh, Mm -hmm. Riz, I'm going to put you on the spot for a second as we're wrapping up our conversation. I know that one of the questions that our listeners have is, this all sounds great, but I'm at a school that wouldn't be considered a target school for Accenture. Uh, Can you just talk to us about if someone finds themselves in that situation, what they should do to stand out and, and figure out if a role at Accenture is right for them and, and how they can be successful through the recruiting process? Yeah. And, you know, I'm happy to, to reach out to anybody. If one, someone wants to reach out to me, I can certainly help them through that process. Um, but other than that, um, we are part of other partnerships as well. So we want to also consider those as well. Um, those aren't limited to any schools like Jumpstart, Forte, Consortium. We also attend a lot of conferences. Um, but again, if there is a conversation that you're a part of, if you're a part of these conversations right now and you have Caroline and myself, you have a name, you can reach out to us and say, hey, you know, I just heard I just heard your 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 video or I, I listened to your podcast on Magic Consulted and really just intrigued my interest. I kind of want to talk to you about my background. I think that's another way for you to get through, right? Is just being part of these organizations, being part of these calls and being able to make that initial contact is always the first step. So whether you're a part of a visiting school or not, there's always a way as long as you have a name. I think you you can always make that contact. I love that. We have a myriad of free resources to help you all do that so that when you reach out to Riz or to Caroline, uh, it's a message that they'll actually want to respond to. So uh, I I recommend going through and and just brushing up on on some of those networking best practices before you do that. Well, before we end today and and open up uh, our conversation for the Q&A portion, uh, we love to just get to know you at a little bit more of a personal level. So uh, we've got a few fun questions for both of you before we, we end today. And Caroline, I did a little bit of, of internet sleuthing and, and figured out that you were based in Charlotte, which, which is where uh, my, my wife's family is. So I spend a lot of time in Charlotte. And so I had to ask you uh, your favorite Charlotte brewery or, or restaurant recommendation so that I have a place to go next time I'm in town. Well, you'll have to call me next time you're in town and we will meet you out there. Um, What I love is the brewery scene in Charlotte, you know, all the young professionals and now their families, right, are all coming out. And so the breweries are just a great meeting place. Again, another point of community um, for people in Charlotte. So for those of you considering Charlotte, huge plug for for the city here. Um, Town Brewing Company. It is just... um, just a few less than a mile away from the Carolina Panthers stadium. And it is um, a great group of people who own it. Um, They do a lot of things, even when we think about the community and lifting it, you know, they've done events for diverse brewers, right? How can they build that within the community? And so I love supporting not only a place where, 
you know, we can gather as a community, but also, again, hold some of the same values that we do. So Town Brewing Company for anyone visiting Charlotte or in Charlotte. I love it. That's on my list. Thanks, Caroline. I will certainly let you know when, when I'm in town next. Uh, Riz, uh, I always like asking folks this question, and, and Caroline, I'll throw this to you afterwards as well. But I'm just curious, is there one decision you made that changed the entire course of your career for the better? If you could look back and think of a turning point, uh, what was that turning point and, and what was the decision you made that kind of set you on the path that you're on now? There is actually one thing that really sticks out for me um, personally that really changed my career path. Um, there was a point in my life, probably in my early 20s, where I was sort of wondering and just really reevaluating my life, my career, everything. Um, is recruiting the right area for me? Is this what I want to do? Am I happy here? Um, and so I just took a step back and I, I kind of took a sabbatical and um, I didn't get to take an MBA where most people who get their MBA get to, to travel a little bit, but I did it in more of a, my, my career and um, professional life. And I took a step back and I, I took a few months off. Um, I reevaluated everything and, and realized that um, I don't want to live to work. I want to work to live. Um, so with that, I, you know, I took a three month off, you know, reconnected with my family, you know, in the Philippines and just traveled with family and friends, came back. And I think that new outlook on life just kind of changed everything. The way I look at things, I think what I put out in the world. Um, and I'm not trying to like, you know, boost Accenture here, but the role for Accenture, someone called me three weeks later when I came back. And I mean, honestly, I've been with a company for over 10 years now, and it, it was just a right decision. It, it worked out for me in every way, personally, professionally. I started Accenture before I was married, and I'm here at Accenture married with two kids. And I think with my work-life balance changing, you know, throughout the years, it's just, it, it was a big game changer for me. So I think that moment in time in my, in my mid to early 20s was when, you know, I, it definitely changed uh, what, I was, what I was going for. I love that. Caroline, how about you? Well, there's quite a few. I mean, as you know, every choice, every crossroads that you're at shapes the trajectory of where you land. And, um, you know, one I think about is there was a time when I was um, early in my career, again, it was probably a year or two in and I thought um, I had come from a bigger city in San Francisco and I was in Charlotte, which was the smaller young professional area. And I thought maybe I'll go to Boston um, and ended up traveling a bit to that area anyway. But I ended up staying in Charlotte and what that opened the doors to um, was um, some work when we think about um global experience. It, it was some work that opened up a really amazing end-to-end -end experience to work with from a career perspective. And so um, one of the things that I learned, one of the lessons that I learned from that was um, to not shut yourself off to opportunities that, um, that you may never have envisioned, right? I thought, oh, well, for sure, I'm going to you know, make the transfer, go work with some other things because that was on my list of things to do. But someone came to me last minute with the option to work on, you know, that one account. And that was an incredible turning point for me just in the next progression, the next, you know, 10 years of my career at that point. 
Amazing. And then final question for you both. And Caroline, I'll start this one with you. Uh, and then we'll end with Riz. Do you have a favorite holiday tradition? So being that in the U.S., obviously, it's Thanksgiving in a couple days. Um, our family tradition has always been to get our, our entire family together for a big home cut from scratch meal. So for those of you who know me well, um, I am more of an efficient cooker, which means that I'll source you know, meals any way to get um, myself and my family fed. But this year, we are actually going to go and try to carry on some of those traditions, invite the family into our home. And, and um, so I would say cooking on Thanksgiving is absolutely my favorite. I love that. I love that. How about you, Rez? All right. Well, of course, I love being with my family. That's number one. So that's, that's like, that's, that's what we always love to do every year. Christmas is always here. But something that we haven't been able to do because of COVID, but it is one of my favorite things, and people might find this really corny, um, but we used to host an ugly sweater party every year. And we did it before it became really popular. I would like to say that. Um, and we would have prizes. Like our very first year that we had it, we had this tree that was too large for our apartment. So we cut the stump of it. The story of cutting the stump is in itself uh, a tradition. But um, we cut the stump of it and anyone who won that year would get the stump. So each year we would have to like get the stump from everyone. And so there's everyone's name of the winners of, of the ugly sweater party was on there. And we would have competitions, just dance competitions. It was just, I don't know. It was something that was um, a great way to, to start off the holiday season. So ugly Amazing. sweater parties was my thing. <laughs> Amazing. That reminds me of a tradition we used to have at MC where the whole team would dress up as ridiculous as possible. The ugly <laughs> sweaters, the antlers, the lights, I mean, just go, out, go out in public and have dinner and drinks and just sit there and be a spectacle for the whole town. So <laughs> it's fun. I can't wait to see pictures of all of you. That's, uh, <laughs> we're definitely going to have to swap some. Absolutely. Uh, so thank you, Caroline. Thank you Riz, so much for joining us today, for sharing your, your honest insights into life at Accenture uh, and if the firm would be a, a good fit for folks in our community. Uh, have a happy Thanksgiving uh, and look forward to doing this again soon. Yes, thank you. This is fun. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Strategy Simplified. To learn more about open roles at Accenture, click the link in the show notes that will take you directly to Accenture's careers page. Before you apply, Make sure your resume and cover letter are top notch. If they're not, work with our expert editing team today. You can learn more through the link in the show notes. We'll see you next time.